Hello, Patriots. Welcome back to Survival Defense Tactics. Helping you take care of yourself so others won't have to. If you get a chance, by all means, please check out my website, survivaldefensetactics.com. It's an awful big mouthful, but go by and check it out. We've got products for sale that we make here at the house, and uh, I've got a blog going as well, some how-to information stuff. Today's topic, we're going to cover communication. More specifically, what happens when the cell phones stop working or the cell towers go down? Not necessarily just a terrorist attack, which I'm sure we all kind of think about from time to time after 9-11. But what about something more simple, like, say, a tornado or a hurricane, even an ice storm? Anything that would cause cell phones to stop working. Do you have a backup plan for what you're going to do when it's time to communicate with loved ones to let them know that you're okay? Here's a couple of ideas for you to run by. I use these myself, so I'm, I can actually speak from experience. We're going to start off with CB radio. Now, while that may sound funny, please keep in mind that back in the 70s, when I was a child, because I'm as old as a dinosaur, CBs were the way to communicate. Uh, cell phones didn't exist back then. Landline home phones with the old rotary dials, those were kind of the, the most popular thing at the at that point, but if you were traveling and wanted to communicate, you actually had to use a CB radio. Uh, a lot of 23 channels back then, now everything is pretty much 40 channel. You can even get single sideband, upper and lower sidebands, which basically makes your 40 channel CB 120 CB channel. Uh, nowadays, everybody's so busy talking on cell phones, you're so dependent upon them. They're like little mini computers. I mean, you can surf the web with them, take pictures with them. You just do all kinds of crazy stuff. But if the cell phones stop working for whatever reason, and you're traveling in a convoy, for example, you know, you and a bunch of buddies going fishing, or maybe you're going a cross-country trip, and it takes more than one vehicle, well, CB would be a good way to talk and still keep in contact with the other vehicles in your convoy. They do have a limited range. I'm going to say anywhere from, say, 5 miles to 20 miles, depending on weather conditions. They do have 40 channels. If you go to channel 19, that's considered the trucker's channel. You can always pretty much bet that if a trucker has a CB in his truck, he's probably running on 19. That gives you 39 other channels to choose from. And I'm not saying that they will all be open and clear, but still, you have the ability to talk on them. CB radios are great. You can buy them for your house. I have a base station for my house. I have one in my car, one in my truck, and we have a handheld that we take in my wife's car if we ever go on a long trip somewhere. And for no other reason, you can listen to the CB and the truckers will usually tell you where all the highway patrol are sitting or where there's an accident. And you can kind of plan accordingly to get around it without very much interruption to your day. Now, while CBs are great and they require no license whatsoever to operate, uh, you can get them as low as $40 for a little Cobra. You can buy really expensive ones. Just make sure that when you buy a CB radio, you get a matching antenna for it. And by matching, I mean if you have a high-dollar base station like mine, don't stick a magnet mount antenna on top of it. You're really cutting yourself short. But on the same token, don't go out and blow your bank account trying to get an antenna that's supposed to be able to talk to another galaxy. Let's be realistic here. Learn how to use a CB radio. There's a uh, phenomenon called the skip, which is where when your 
radio transmissions basically ricochet off the atmosphere to the ground and it skips. Your signal actually skips across the ground. It can go great distances. Unfortunately, weather conditions don't exa exactly reproduce themselves every single day the same way. So if you have skipped today, you may not have it tomorrow. So keep in mind the shorter range and plan accordingly. If a CB radio is not what you're looking for, step it up. Invest in a ham radio. Now, same thing with ham radio. You can have a base station. You can have a mobile one in your car. You can also have a handheld ham radio. I have all the above. I have a base station, one in my car, and a handheld that I can walk around with. Ham radios do require a FCC license where you can use them. Now, I say that there are some, so to speak, free frequencies you can talk on without a ham license, but to get the true full effect of a ham radio, you're going to want to study up and get your license. Start a technician license, get your feet wet, learn how to use it, learn how to operate it, start tinkering around with antennas. You know, there's all kinds of fun stuff you can do with one. Once you're satisfied that you know quite a bit about the technician class, move up to the general class. That opens up a lot more bandwidth for you to talk on way, way more frequencies. The cost of the license, if I remember correctly, I believe is $15 to take the test, and then you just wait for it to show up in the FCC database that you now have an F uh, a ham operator license. Ham radios and CB radios both are great in another way, something that we... We're just going to call networking. I'm doing it with my base station CB right now, and I'm also doing the same with my ham radio. Networking is nothing more than the ability to take your phone, turn it off. And I mean completely off. Don't just turn the volume down. Turn the damn thing off. Lay it down so that way your cell phone is not what you're going to be tempted to communicate with. Networking is when you take, like, say, my CB radio. I have a friend that lives about 13 miles southeast of me. And I've got my antenna up 38 feet in the air. FCC regulations say that I can go up to 60 feet from the dirt to the tip of the antenna. So I'm well within my range of the 60-foot mark at 38 feet. He does not have his antenna up yet, but he is getting it put up. There is a small, small mountain between us. And I say small as in I'm not sure if I can talk to him by line of sight or not. We're going to find out once he gets his up and going. Line of sight is very important when you're talking about CB radios and ham radios. Line of sight is exactly what it sounds like. If you can imagine your antenna having a telescope or an eye built into it, if I could turn that antenna and that imaginary telescope towards my friend's house and see his antenna, well, that'd be line of sight. If there's a building between us and I can no longer see his antenna, then you no longer have line of sight. That doesn't automatically mean you're not going to be able to talk to him. It just means you have obstructions in the way, and you may or may not be able to communicate with that person. good example of this would be, let's pretend that you live in a three-story apartment complex. You live on the second floor. To make matters worse, you also live in the middle of the apartment complex. I'm not talking about just one apartment building. I'm talking about numerous different buildings in the entire complex. So if you're surrounded by 
taller objects, other buildings, water towers, you know, high fences, all kinds of things that can actually obstruct the view of your line of sight, you are going to have some difficulty getting out and talking. In that case, a handheld would probably be the way to go. The only reason why I say that is you could take that with you if you go for a walk and walk out past the apartment complex. You know, you get a clearer line of sight maybe on somebody else. The problem with handhelds, they usually don't transmit past four watts of power, and your range is going to be very, very limited. If you get your network going with more than one person, you can do relays. And the relay would be very simple. You can imagine drawing a line on a piece of paper. Where you started the line on the left side, we're going to call that point A. Where the line ends on the far right-hand side of the sheet of paper is going to be point C. And somewhere in the middle of that would be point B. So if you're trying to talk to somebody and point A is trying to talk to point C, but they're too far away, there's too many obstructions in the way and you can't make that clear communication one-on-one, -on -one, then whoever's communicating from point B would actually hear the conversation from A, turn around and retransmit it to C. Sounds like a boring and daunting task, but that's called networking. That's where you're able to talk to more than one person and you can broadcast a general broadcast so that everybody that you're trying to talk to can hear you. In the event that you cannot talk straight through to every single person in your network, then the people that are somewhere in the halfway point, if they can hear it, would relay the message on down the line. This may have to be happened several times. If point A can't talk to point B, then hopefully somebody living between A and B would be able to keep the message moving. It does sound kind of silly, but if your cell phones are down, and you have another way of communication, all of a sudden, relays and networking doesn't sound so bad. If you go with ham radios, I want you to do something that I've done. <coughs> Excuse me. When you figure out who all is in your network and how many different frequencies you can talk on effectively, don't pick crappy frequencies that don't hardly get out, don't hardly talk, the ones that have a lot of static, a lot of cover up on them, find good, clear frequencies. I'd say get at least five or six good, clear frequencies that you can talk on. Make a list of these frequencies and number them. Do this one time. So frequency one is whatever that is. Frequency two would be different. Do this again until you get through your frequency list, about five or six different frequencies, then copy it. Take it to a copier or just handwrite it over and over and over and give each person in your network that list. If you're talking on, say, frequency one, whatever that frequency number is, and for some reason there's a lot of static come in, or maybe some joker with another ham radio is getting in there and just being obnoxious, just make a general broadcast. Everybody switch to channel two. Well, that way everybody knows to go to channel two. They know what the frequency is because they have the list. But the joker that was causing the problems doesn't know where you're going. It doesn't mean he can't find you eventually, but it gives you the opportunity to carry on your conversation and hopefully not have that clown keep messing with you. Keep in mind, communications are at best temporary. Your cell phones are great. You can talk all the way around the world with them via satellites and cell phone towers and whatever else. 
That's awesome. Yay. But the whole point of this episode is what will you do if the cell towers go down and your cell phones stop working? How are you going to communicate? Why wait until that event has happened to go out and buy a CB? Everybody's already going to have bought one. Or they're going to have bought a ham radio. And they're going to be talking on it illegally. If they can figure out how to make it key up and put in the tones and the frequencies and everything else they have to do to make the thing work right, they are not going to care. They're going to be talking anyways. Their airways are going to be jammed up. So I highly recommend you do this now while everything is still good to go. Everybody's still got their cell phones. Start practicing. Take your test. Get your license. And start getting good at communicating. And then get good at networking. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. God bless.